This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hello and welcome on this beautiful, gorgeous Saturday afternoon. I truly thank you for taking time out of your day to tune in. And if there's anything I can do to help you with regards to your financial future, please call in. Our phone numbers, as they are every Saturday, 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, folks, especially, especially after this week? How did you feel on Monday? Boy, those markets, you know, they were down almost 800 points. At one point, they were down almost 1,000. Somebody asked me Monday night, how were the markets today? I said, they were up 200. And they just kind of looked at me confused, that 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 glossed over um, feeling in their eyes. They said, well, listen, how do you define the markets? Do you define it by morning till, you know, opening to close? Sometimes you can define it by the lowest point to where the market's closed at. Some people look at month-to-date returns, year-to-date returns, the last year returns. So on Monday, I had a little fun with it. I said the markets were up 200 points because at one point they were down almost 1,000. They ended down almost 800. Scary. But folks, those are just numbers. If you hung in there right through Friday and you didn't get scared out of the markets, you were down a little less than a percent for the entire week. But you have to remember, you know, the S&P is up with dividends 17% year to date. So this volatility continues. We're not going anywhere. Volatility will be with us forever and ever and ever. That I can almost assure you. I can also promise you that if you're invested, you're going to have days like Monday. You're going to have weeks like this week where you're down in value. It comes with the territory of investing. The key is not to, not to get scared out of the markets for the wrong reasons. Absolutely not. So the volatility, sure, it shakes us up. Why did the markets go down Monday? Surprise, surprise, surprise. You hear me say, I've been doing the radio show since 1995, almost 25 years, right? You hear me say often, what the markets don't want are surprises. Now we know what, what's been going on. We, 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 I mean, think about it. There's, there's, there's no surprise to so many things that are going on. And, you know, as much of a roller coaster ride as there is, you know, why did the markets go down? Well, let, let's back up a week and a half. The Fed came out, they cut interest rates by a quarter percent. Expected. Some people wanted a 50% cut, but the Fed cut a quarter of a percent. Very seldom does the Fed cut by a half a percent or more. We have to be in dire straits, and we're not there. 
I'm tired of saying we're in that Goldilocks economy because I've been saying it for 10 years now, the longest-running expansion for the U.S. economy that we've seen, the longest-running bull market that we've seen in the stock market ever. And we're 10 years old now or 10 years young, depends on how you want to look at it. But it's like the Goldilocks economy. I've been saying it for the last 10 years. It just kind of plods along. It grows just enough. Not too hot, not too cold. Goldilocks economy. That's what we're up against. I'll take it all day long. It gives us a 10-year expansion in stock prices, growing like they are, up almost 350 to 400%, depending on which index you look at it. And the only people that didn't profit were the people that got scared out of the markets because they listened to the bad news bears. They listened to the brother-in-law. They listened to their co-worker. Good investors will hang in there. Good investors know that the market doesn't always go up. And there's no reason for this rally to end anytime soon. And I say that because so many people say it has to end. And I say, I know it has to end. I just can't tell you when. But it doesn't have to end today. Well, today it can't because the markets are closed. I love Saturdays and Sundays. I know exactly what the markets are going to do. Now, on Monday morning, you're going to have to call me because I'm not sure yet what the markets are going to do. But I do know the market goes up more than it goes down. And I do know that the market trades on fundamentals. But we'll see the volatility pop up when there's a surprise. And that's what happened on Monday morning. So going back a week and a half, the Fed cut interest rates by a quarter percent. On Thursday, President Trump said another 10% tariff on the remaining $300 billion worth of Chinese imports beginning September 1st. Well, we're used to the tariff story. So that doesn't really shake us up anymore because we've been living it since, you know, last year. And there's just no surprise there. This this U.S.-China trade war is going to last and continue for a lot longer than we want it to. But there's a lot to be there's a lot at stake for both countries. And both presidents are digging their heels in. And at the end of the day, we're hopeful that they'll find a resolution. But it's not going to be the end of today or yesterday or the day before. So I don't even say anymore that there should be an end anytime too soon because there won't be. There's too much at stake. You have the largest economy in the world, the United States, at $22 trillion. You have the second largest economy being China at $15 trillion. The next largest economy is Japan at under $5 trillion. You get the picture, and every other country comes under $4 trillion. So there's a lot at stake when you have the number one and the number two fighting it out. But we'll get through it somehow, some way. The markets, they, they've absorbed that, that tariff. But then over the weekend, China said that it's suspending purchases of U.S. agricultural products. So now we're back to saving the farmers. And this president's going to keep throwing money at the farmers 
the farmers will be made whole one way or the other on our dime, but they'll be made whole. So, so what? But what the markets didn't expect was on Monday when they basically, China was manipulating their currency. And the United States accused China of currency manipulation, which China obviously said, no, 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 this is what happened. But we are pretty sure that China manipulated their currency. That was the surprise. That was why the markets went down as much as they did. And it wasn't comfortable watching it. And when you have uncomfortable times watching TV, just turn the TV off, folks. Turn it off. If you have a good portfolio, you don't need any money in the next couple years that's invested in the stock market, then turn the TV off. You'll be fine. But if you keep watching the breaking news every three seconds, you're not going to be fine. You're going to be scared and you may do something that you shouldn't do. And that's sell out of the stock market because you can't hypothetically lose any more money. But once you sell, then you lose. And you would have lost out on the gains of the market for the rest of the week. So that that happened on Monday. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The markets don't like surprises. Then on Wednesday, you know, you have the the, the, the People's Bank of China basically set the official reference midpoint for the yuan at um, just under $7 against the dollar, a little bit weaker than, than what they wanted. Um, Trump said that the trade talks with China in September could be canceled, and the U.S. will continue to ban government agencies from doing business with um, Huawei another Chinese company, mostly because of the intelligence. I'm not even so sure it's about the, the um, tangible goods as I, as I am about the intangible goods when it comes to what's going on with, with China. There's a lot to be concerned about with our, with our intelligence. And I, I listened to a good program this week with regards to our, um, just our patents and how China can get a hold of, hold of them. And I mean, it's that that's really that that artificial intelligence is what we have to be worried about. So on Monday, the U.S. markets, the largest year to date drop, which basically was driven by the concerns that the ongoing U.S. China trade war now involves currency. So there you have it. That's what happened. Wasn't pretty, was it? But for the week. The markets were only down just, just less than, than 1%. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. The phone lines are open. Zach and I are here. Give us a call. Any questions whatsoever. So the week that began with the global sell-off, and then we had a massive comeback. Um, at the end of the week, you know, not much damage. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 198 points, closing down seven tenths of a percent at 26,288. S&P down a half a percent for the week, folks. Half a percent, closing at 29,19. Nasdaq down six tenths of a percent to close at 79,59. That's it. Not bad. Wasn't as bad if 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 you closed your eyes or you went to sleep. For the week, you'd say, hey, 
just gave back a little bit of the gains. Remember what I said, when you look year to date, the S&P 500 index, the broad stock market, is up almost 17% with dividends. NASDAQ up 20%. The Dow's only up 13%. But folks, don't get hung up on the Dow. I only give the percentage returns of the Dow because it's the most popular index. But it's not the one you should be looking at with regards to your portfolio. The Dow only has 30 stocks equally weighted. One company can sway the Dow. So what you want to do is you want to be really looking at the S&P, which comprises, it's a market-weighted index, first of all. So, you know, if, if Apple goes up or down, it'll affect the Dow more than it will the S&P. The S&P represents approximately, I don't know the exact percentage anymore, about 85% of all the stocks that trade on all the exchanges. The S&P is really what you want to look at. That's the big boy. If you want to play in the big league, you want to be looking at the S&P. The Dow is popular. Everybody quotes the Dow. But 30 companies compared to 504 companies in the S&P. So, you know, the, the, as I said, the NASDAQ up 20. The S&P up 17% with, with dividends. Um you know, even though we, we gave a little bit back, so we were down a half a percent in the broad stock market index. That's okay. Not not much not much to get really crazy about, right? Um, on, on Monday, as I said, the markets were down just about 768 points, almost 3% on Monday alone, almost 3%. NASDAQ was up, or I'm sorry, on Monday down almost 4%. So one day of volatility. And the key is to hang in there. If you have a good portfolio, hang in there. Don't get spooked. Don't don't sell. Once you sell, you'll never recover, folks. You'll never, when the markets turn around, you'll never recover because you won't know when they get back in. And so many times people wait until the market goes back up and then they get back in. And I say, well, does that make sense? So you sell when the market goes down and then you're going to wait till the market goes back up? Just hang in there. Stay invested. The markets will come back. They always do. I don't think that's going to change. The market always comes back from a correction or a bear market or short-term volatility. It always comes back. And it always comes back and makes all new all-time new all-time highs. It always has. I don't think that's changing, folks. So the only people who miss out on that are the investors that sell out. You don't want to sell out with that volatility. So you had um, China with the, with with this currency, you know, uh, you know, letting letting the currency kind of get a little weaker makes makes a lot of their what they do more expensive, but it's artificial. It's artificial, and that's what that's what we had. The um, gold price of gold, because people rush, rush to safe havens. So you'll see during times of volatility, like Monday and a couple other times this week, you'll see investors buy gold. Gold was actually up over fifteen hundred dollars an ounce, the highest it's been since two thousand and thirteen. And 
the um, U.S. Treasury yield for for the ten year U.S. Treasury note was under one point six percent, which means if you bought it at that moment for the next ten years, you were going to be guaranteed one point six percent year in year out for ten years. Is that a good deal? No, no, not at all, not at all. But unfortunately, conservative investors. That's all they have. Where do you go? You know, the yield on CDs and savings accounts are, are, are dropping, just dropping quickly. So for conservative investors, they're just not being rewarded. There's just no reason to be locking up your money for the next 10 years yielding 1.6%. It kind of came up a little bit. The price, remember... There's an inverse correlation between the price of bonds and the yield. So when investors buy into bonds because it's safe in their mind, they drive up the price of the bond, the yield comes down. And that's why the yield came down to just under 1.6%. Ended up you know, just around 1.7% at the end of the week. 1.73 to be exact. So that was, that was the market for the week. And we can get into details in the second half of the show, but for the most part, it was, you know, if you closed your eyes, you were down a half a percent, but you're still up 17% year to date. Put it into perspective. I'm okay with that. Our investors are very okay with that. Our clients know, you know, I communicate often with our clients, especially during times of volatility, because I always feel that's when our value comes in the most, making sure we don't let our clients fear the worst. So we communicate often and we help them understand this volatility. I think I said it last week. Somebody asks me during the times of volatility, well, your phone must be ringing off the hook. Well, it really doesn't. Very seldom do clients reach out to us panicking, but I think it's because we take the time to help teach them as much as we can about volatility and about why stocks aren't a bad place to have your money invested long term. And most of our retirees are invested in our growth and income strategy, which is about 60% stock, 40% bonds, alternative assets, and cash. So with interest rates being low, where's where's the um, silver lining? Anybody who's borrowing money. If you're borrowing money to buy a car, if you're borrowing money to buy a home, you're being rewarded. I didn't think I'd be saying this, but mortgage rates are back down in the 3% range. Holy moly. I, I, I've been telling you for a couple weeks, I got a 15-year mortgage, 3.75%. Give me that money all day long. Because I know, why should I take money out of my investment accounts to take a less dollar amount with my mortgage. Why would I want to do that? Could I make more money in my investment accounts than 3.75%? I hope so. Not this week, not last year, but over time, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to make more money. Absolutely. You know, if you look over the last three years, 
Your average return in the S&P 500 index is just over 10% with dividends close to 12%. What's wrong with that? So why would I take money out of the stock market when I can borrow money at 3.75% over the last three years? The market was up over 10%, 12% with dividends. So with mortgage rates being in the 4% or under 4% in the 3% range, don't be afraid to borrow money. If you always wanted to buy that second home, if you always wanted a different home, from a financial standpoint, borrowing money, it's not going to get much better than this. And I've been saying this for a long time. I mean, uh, 3% and change to borrow money long-term. Absolutely. Take advantage of that. Businesses, same thing. They got lower borrowing costs. So those are the folks that are benefiting from low interest rates. And now after this week, you know, there's a good chance that the Fed will be cutting rates. A week or so ago, we weren't sure, but now the chance is good, and some people feel that there might be a half a percent cut somewhere. I'm not so sure we'll we'll see a half a percent because it doesn't happen that often. But we're probably on target for another quarter percent cut in interest rates. That's good news for the stock market. It's funny, with interest rates being low this week, I saw the market sell off. I forget what day it was. I saw the market sell off, and I'm saying to myself, well, that's that's really not what usually happens. When the interest rates are low, investors are usually looking for a better way to invest their money. So they'll invest it in stocks as an alternative to bonds. You can invest in the S&P 500 index and get just under 2% dividend yield. Well, that's a whole lot better than 1.7% locking your money up for 10 years in a U.S. 10-year Treasury note, isn't it? In my eyes, it is. Will the stock market be higher 10 years from now? I think so. So if you have money to lock up for the next 10 years, I have no problem with investors putting it in the stock market if they're not going to touch it for the next 10 years. And today you're getting a 2%, almost a 2% dividend yield. And while we're talking about dividend yields, investors need to be careful because unfortunately, these are times when investors start searching for higher yields. And usually, there's risk that comes with. If, if the U.S. Treasury note today is paying 1.73%, that means that if you're getting more than that, you're taking on risk. The key is to know what risk you're taking on. If you're buying a bond you're getting more than that, then usually you're buying a longer-term bond than 10-year because the U.S. government bond may be the safest paper. It is the safest paper in the world. That's why so many countries buy our, our, our debt. And that's why so many countries, especially China, own so much of our debt. And one more thing about good news with lower interest rates, the U.S. economy, the budget. When interest rates go up, that means the U.S. government is paying that much more in interest. 30 seconds. 
to investors and to countries that own our, our paper. So with low interest rates, it actually helps our, our U.S. budget. Not that anybody in Washington cares because they're just spending money like banshees and there's just no check and balance. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Behind every company, there's a time-tested engine keeping it moving. By earning your accounting degree online from Grand Canyon University, you can advance your career by identifying business efficiencies and building business models. Become a core team member by keeping business on budget and on track to success. What do you think accounting careers look like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Down there in Washington, it's going to catch up to us someday. Hey, folks. We're coming up to the news. Give me two minutes. Come on back. 1-800-TALK-WGY. I'll see you in two quick minutes. Hello and welcome back for the second half of Let's Talk Money. Thank you for hanging in through the news. Thank you for tuning in on this beautiful, gorgeous day. I know you have so many things that you can be doing, so I truly appreciate you taking time out to listen. And if there's any questions I can help you with, please give me a call. I'd love to talk with you. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, folks, I promise I'm going to give you my, my most sincere and honest reply to whatever questions you have. Um, you may not want to hear it, but that's that's my gig. I, I call it like it is. I'm straightforward. And when it comes to investing in your financial future, believe me, I'm going to give you exactly the, the information that you need to hear because you get one chance to retire, only one. And if you get there and you can't make it happen, you got to hope a couple things happen or go in your favor. One, you're healthy enough to work. Two, you find a job that will pay you. So otherwise, what you want to do is be prepared. You want to put money away. If you're not putting 10 to 15% of your salary away for retirement, more than likely you're not putting enough. And I say that because if you haven't done any retirement planning and you're just not dedicated or disciplined to put money away, you need to put it away. Come heck or high water, you need to put it away. 10 to 15% minimum, depending on when you want to retire and how much money you want to have to retire. I can't, I can't stress that enough. And I know you can't afford to do it. Think about this. Monday morning, you go to work, you lose your job. You get a pink slip. Monday night, you're asked to come back with a 10% salary reduction, the company was able to find a way to save your job, but you have to accept 90% of your salary. You're probably going to jump at it if you have a good job and you're happy with things. The only difference, folks, is Monday you're going to go into the business office at work and say, hey, I want to put 10% of my salary into my pension plan. And more than likely, the company makes a match, and that's free money. 
you don't take advantage of that free money, that's like throwing money out the window. That's free money when, when, when the company gives you an incentive. So that's how you make it happen. 10 to 15% if you haven't done any retirement plan. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. We have Gary in Clifton Park. Hello, Gary. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm doing great today. I have a question about the required minimum distributions on my IRA. The um, This is sneaking up on me at this point. I'm going to be 69 in a couple of months. So I'm looking at the distributions happening over, you know, about, about two years from now. Yep. When when do I start thinking about selling some investments and putting a certain reserve in cash so that I so that I'm not forced to sell stocks when I don't really want to sell stocks? Are you following my question? No, absolutely. It's a great question and it's something I talk often about. So, you probably with markets and and we're 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 within 4 or 5% of all-time highs. So, this is a pretty good time to think about your tolerance for risk. Now, when you reach 70 and a half, as you already know, you need to take a required minimum distribution out. So if you were our client, Gary, we would, when you reach 70 and a half, we're going to carve out two years worth of those RMDs, put it to the side so that when, and it's not if, it's when that next market correction, when that next bear market comes, you know that it won't affect your retirement plan. You know that you're going to be able to have your assets managed in the manner that you're comfortable with, depending on your tolerance for risk. And you have two years' worth of those RMDs set off to the side. So the markets are at all-time highs. We don't see a recession this year. We may not even see a recession next year. There's every day, depending on which economist you listen to, there's a different take on it. I like to listen to Jamie Dimon. He's a pretty brilliant guy. He doesn't think we're going to have a recession this year or next year, and I'm kind of in his camp. I haven't seen anything, any red flags that I'm worried about. Back in January, I was, but not now. I think a lot of those red flags have um, been lowered. So if you think the stock market's going to continue to go up, then maybe wait till the end of this year, maybe wait till next year. But as you get close within months of that RMD distribution, if the markets are near or at all-time highs, that's when you want to, you don't want to get greedy. You want to take and carve out two years worth, put it to the side. And then this way you can continue to have your portfolio managed in a prudent manner, depending on how much risk you're willing to take. And I always say, Gary, when you um, get to that age, you know, if you're in good health, God, more than likely, and if you're married, more than likely, you're going to last, live with us into your late 80s. Um, if you're married, your your spouse partner will be with us into their late 80s, early 90s. The chances of that happening are really, really good. So that makes you a long-term investor. So that's how you want to kind of protect your portfolio so that it can continue to be managed prudently. And you know that when that next stock market correction happens or bear market, which will happen when that next recession comes, you're okay. you got two years to recover. Okay. When, when I'm approaching 70 and a half, in, it's time to sell out and set, set aside two years. 
But then what happens each year after that? How do you plan for those distributions? So what we do is we, you know, we'll do up to two years worth, but we'll let it drift lower if things are going good and the market's going up. And then when we get that, that, that opportunity replenished that second year, we try not to let it go lower than a year, but we'll at times will depending on, okay. on what's going on. Um, so when you see a good opportunity to replenish within, you know, no sooner than six months out. Um, so you can let that 24 months drift down to 18 months, 12 months, six months, but I wouldn't let it drift lower than six months. And then I would make okay. sure I, re I replenish it. But don't get greedy. You know, if, 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 if you start it when you're 70 and a half and a year later the markets are still at all-time highs, replenish that year that you took out. You always okay. want to sell when the markets are high, not when they're right. low. But sometimes you don't have you don't have any choice. Sometimes you get caught up in the middle. That's why I say don't get greedy. Okay. Appreciate the help. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, Gary. You also. I'm pretty sure there's other listeners that will be very happy that Gary asked that question. Also, the same goes, folks. If you've been saving money for your son or daughter to go to college, when they're a senior in high school, at the latest, you want to get that money out of the stock market because if let's make believe hypothetically you saved a hundred thousand dollars, if there's a ten or twenty percent correction when you need that money to start paying college costs, well now all of a sudden your hundred thousand's worth eighty thousand. That's that you know all those years you've been saving that money. So once again, you don't want to get greedy. And remember. If you're if, if if you've saved a substantial amount of money and it's going to last for four years, maybe you don't take all the money out because you got four years. You got four years of paying college costs, but at least take you know your your child's freshman and sophomore year of college. At least take that money out, put it to the side. This way, you know you got money to pay their college. That's so important. That is key. You don't want to get greedy. Remember what I said in the first half of the show. There's not a stock market correction or bear market that hasn't recovered. Every stock market correction and bear market has recovered. I don't think that's going to change. The key is do you have enough time to wait for it to recover? And why do we use two years? Most, most corrections, even the Great Recession, our clients were made whole within 18 months. So, And that was the worst bear market we've seen since the Great Depression 90 years ago. That's why we use two years worth. We're comfortable with two years worth. Some clients want three years worth. So it all depends really your, your comfort level for risk. Can you sleep at night? As I said to a couple new prospective clients in the last week, how did you feel October, November, going into Christmas morning knowing that your portfolio, the broad stock market, was down 20% almost. How did you feel? Were you able to wait up and um, wait till Santa Claus came? If you were, then you, you, um, you've you accepted that volatility. If, if, if it kept you up, then, you know, if volatility this week keeps you up, then... Maybe you need less risk in your portfolio. But we've had two great opportunities, October, November, and most of the December, to test your, your, um, your comfort level 
And this week, the last really, because the week before the markets were down. So, you know, we've had two weeks now with, with a lot of volatility. How do you feel? The one prospective client says, I don't look. I said, you're, you're a great investor. Because if you have a good portfolio, you shouldn't be looking every day. Some people are looking every hour. It's like, come on, get a life. Or at least give your employer a good day's work. You should be working, not looking at your portfolio. It's like people that are on social media all day long or shopping online when they're, when they're working. That's why so many companies, you know, when you come to work, you're going to deposit your cell phone in a little locker or somewhere safe so that you have no distractions while you're at work. There's nothing wrong with that. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions, folks, give me a call. So, you know, we said there was a, a um, rate cut about 10 days ago, and they cut by a quarter of a point, as expected. Some people were looking for a half a point, but they, they cut by a quarter of a point. They also announced that they were ending the quantitative tightening, basically reducing the balance sheet um, now, immediately, rather than waiting till September. So, you know, that was that was what the Fed came out with. They didn't really give much direction on how much more easing they can they were willing to do. Basically, um, remember the Fed cuts interest rates, easing interest rate policy to boost the economy. Basically, the lower the rates, people are able to borrow money and kind of stimulate the economy. They're able to buy things, whether it be a house, a car, whatever, with lower interest rates. They raise interest rates when they feel that the economy's growing too quick too soon. So they're slowing it down. They're kind of putting the, tapping the brakes a little bit. So, you know, they didn't come out and say just how much more they were going to ease. But with everything going on with the U.S.-China relations this week, since the um, Federal Open Market Committee meeting the week before, and right now the probability of a rate cut in September went from 62%. That was the day that they cut rates a week ago this past Wednesday. So on July 31st, it went from 62% to 100%. And the probability of a half a percent cut in September went up to 26%. So right now, investors, economists, Wall Street gurus feel that we're going to get another interest rate cut and maybe a good one. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions you have, folks, give me a call. Love to talk to you. Any questions whatsoever. So corporate earnings, one of the fundamentals that we look at. And right now you're looking just about all the companies reported. 90% of the companies have reported earnings so far. 56% beat estimates on the top line. 76% beat on the bottom line. That's more than what was expected. That's good news. One of the fundamentals that we look at, corporate earnings. Every quarter, every quarter we look to see how companies are reporting their earnings. So even with all the tariffs and everything, it's it's really pretty good, pretty positive. 
So we we like that. Next week, we're going to have some earnings. Big companies like Cisco, um, Walmart, uh, you know, some, some other companies. So we'll see what happens. But just about 90% of the companies have reported. Um, the the 10-year Treasury note, as I said, hit a three-year low on Wednesday, 1.595, just under 1.6%. And, you know, that wasn't good. Um, that means investors were flocking, buying treasuries. Basically, when when they buy that, the price of the bonds go up, the yield comes down. That's what we saw. So, how does the economy look at and this? Or look, and this is what the stock market looks at. Better than estimates this week. You know, initial jobless claims were better. Uh, you had the PPI, the producer price index. Um, worse than than estimates. I'm sorry. The the the, the PPI was better than um, expected. Better, better than what was estimated. What was bad? Consumer credit came in bad. Uh, oil, price of oil. Boy, talk about taking it on the chin. Um, inventories came came in um, higher than than expected. Wholesale inventories were were. Um, not as good, the core PPI, not as good. So the economy, you know, depending on how you measure it, you, you, you're you going to have different takes. But all in all, the economy's growing. I don't see signs of a recession. Even after Monday's sell-off, you know, the, the trade relations between the United States and China are, they're, they're, they're not good. And the fear is that the rest of the world will slow down because of it. And that's why all eyes are focused on that. And I know we sound like a broken record because we keep talking about the U.S.-China trade war. When will it be resolved? Too much to lose for these countries to resolve it overnight. We found that out. It's been forever, it seems, that we talk about it. And that's where... You just have to be patient. But I think a lot of that is built into the stock market. I think when they resolve it, I think you're going to see there's still room for the stock market to grow, which is why I'm not nervous about the last two weeks. Not nervous at all. I'll hang in there. I don't see any reason to get out of stocks. And we're always looking for reasons. We meet every week. We talk about every investment that our clients own. We're always looking for reasons to get out. But right now, as I sit here talking with you folks, I don't see any reasons to get out of the stock market. You know, it's funny. I had a stranger come up to me, and I get it often, but this stranger came up and said, I saw you on radio, and I started thinking to myself, boy, I must really have a face for radio. So let me take a 15-second break. One 800 talk wgy one 800 Any questions you have, folks, give me a call. I would love to talk to you. Thank you for letting me wet my whistle. Thank you, Zach. Harris, my longtime producer now, the longest producer I've ever had. I've been doing the show 25 years. Zach's been with me more than anybody else has, and it's good to see you, Zach. I thought this week was your birthday week. 
Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. God bless you. God bless you. Good for you. I tell you, you're a nice young man other than you rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles. I guess we're going to be coming into football season pretty soon, right? Um, also, speaking of football, I already was notified the first Saturday of September we're going to be preempted for Syracuse football. So when you when you come and tune in during football season, if you hear a Syracuse football game, I'll be back the next week. You know, every once in a while, Syracuse plays early, and when they do, WGY is a huge proponent of Syracuse sports, so we'll be preempted for Syracuse football. So I know the first Saturday of of um, September, we're going to be preempted for Syracuse football. I, 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 I promise you, folks, after almost 25 years being here with you week in, week out, and somebody asked me this morning, I had a client, I, did a, I was doing a call coming down the Northway, and the client asked me, does it ever get old doing the radio? I said, you know what? It really doesn't. I love coming in here and doing this show. After 25 years, it's the highlight of my week because it's my way of giving back to the community. The community's good to me. It's my way of giving back to the community to be able to help investors that may be getting poor, really crappy advice from their advisors or may be doing it on their own or may not have a clue what to do. And this is my way of helping investors as best I can. So if you have any questions, let me help you. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. Let's go back to the phone lines. We have Larry. Hello, Larry. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for calling. Um, simple question. I just retired. I get an after-tax pension of $4,500 a month, and I'm getting ready to sign up for Medicare in just a month or two, and I got a lump sum of uh, 375000 and just to be honest with you, I'm clueless what to do with it. Congratulations on retiring. How old are you, Larry? 64. Good for you to be able to retire at a young age like that. Um, good for you. Congratulations. Hats off to you. So let's talk about your pension. Do you know... Yes. We tell clients when 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 you're getting so you're getting forty five hundred a, a a month, just over fifty thousand a year. That's like having a million dollars in the bank, um, because we always tell clients you should be able to take four or five six percent distributions out of your investment mm -hmm. portfolio safely. So once again, that's nice. That's that's like having an extra million dollars in your portfolio when you're able to get fifty thousand plus in pension benefits. Now, with regards to your lump sum, you need to come in and talk to us because at 64, you're a young man. Are you married? Yes. Okay. So the chances of you and your, your, your spouse partner living for the next 20 to 30 years is pretty good, or at least for one of you too. That's a long time. So many people feel when they retire, they need to take their money, put it under the mattress, and not take any risk. And I remind them that just because you're retiring doesn't plan on that doesn't mean you're planning on dying. And that means that your money's going to be around a long time. So as long as it's invested properly, most of our retirees, Larry, are in our 60-40 split. 
growth and income strategy. Gives them the -hmm. best of both worlds with a little edge on the stock market. And if you listen to most of the show, you know that there's no reason to be scared about being invested in the stock market if you're invested in the right way. So what you want to do is you want to call my office, either our Troy or Saratoga office. Come in. Let us kind of give you some insight on what you should do. And if you're comfortable, we'll move forward. We'll help you with that. I think you'll find that because we're a fiduciary, we have absolutely no conflict of interest. We don't sell investments. I think you're going to find that the advice we give you is going to be pretty, pretty good. That that sounds great. Uh, I was offered to put that into an annuity. No, 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 no. Was awful. No, hey, Larry, we're we're, yeah, we're coming up on the end of the show. Don't put it into an annuity. Come in first, folks. Have a great week. See you next Saturday. Bye. Ain't no place like a cowboy place. Ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day. Yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's. Ain't no way you're going wrong. Hey. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants.